Welcome to another episode of The Core Podcast. We hope this is your go-to source for insights into the dynamic world of cybersecurity. In today's episode, we dive deep into the critical aspect of securing digital ecosystems. It's all about third-party risk management, or for many you might know as the acronym TPRM. As businesses increasingly rely on external partners, vendors and service providers, understanding and mitigating third-party cybersecurity risks have become paramount. This is something that I found absolutely fascinating, something that I actually do really understand because it's not too technical. And the best part is we're actually looking to launch a service all around this. So this is just the beginning. But I am delighted to invite Matt Pearson onto the podcast today. I'd like to call him a dear friend and he's actually been around with quarter cloud on the whole journey so i hope you enjoy matt welcome to the core podcast thank you very much for anyone listening before we delve into the subject matter of the podcast could you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and how you are where you are today so um i've been in the cyber industry for about 25 years a long time. <laughs> I've worked at various different startup vendors. Um, and my last one was a company called Securonix, which I was there for six and a half years, and they got bought for a lot of money, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've ended up at Panarays, which is a, um, a quite a small vendor from Israel, headquartered in the UK, uh, in the US. Apologies. Um, and yeah, they their technology just piqued my interest and they were looking for somebody to build out their EMEA business and it's something I've done before with lots of startups and I looked at looked at where they were going, their trajectory, their their funding and just everything about the company and I thought it it really was going places so I wanted to be part of it. Rewinding back before that, how did you get into cybersecurity? Like ah. when you were when you were going to school and things like that? Was it on the dream it, board? No, it wasn't <laughs> at all. So I had a bit of a funny route, actually. So uh, when I left school, I went on. I went on to be a professional footballer. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Oh. With uh, Wimbledon. Okay. For four years, um, and when that didn't quite work out, I decided to go back to university and become a teacher. So okay. I was a. I've been a secretary school teacher. For no, a while. you haven't. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, when I left university, I couldn't find a teaching job, and a mate of mine said, while you're waiting for a teaching job, why don't you come and work for a company called Aslan, which was a distributor back in the day, and do some IT sales while you're waiting, and I never went back, and it's just carried on from there. So you could have been a PE teacher? Could have been a PE teacher, could have been a professional footballer, ended up in (laughs) an Amir channel director. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay so yours was, everyone I've ever interviewed has not had a natural it's, everyone seems to have fallen into this yeah, role so yeah, how come you stayed in it what was it that was uh, I don't know I ju- it just suits my personality sales and just relationship building mm. network building um, the channel certainly suits my 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 sort of personality. I like going out. I like being um, entertaining, entertaining and entertained. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just like building relationships, and I, I guess I'm quite good at that. So I quite enjoy it. I enjoy it. It's something. It's not. I don't find it a chore at all. It's not a job. It's something I enjoy doing. So that's always nice. Yeah, when you enjoy what you're doing. So, yeah. like you said, you've been quite. Um, 
align to where you wanted to go and what technologies you want to go into. Yeah. So the subject matter that we're talking today is about third-party risk. Yeah. And that you moved into Panarays and you decided, obviously, I'm assuming you looked at them as a business, but you must have, your relationships with Channel have seen that third-party was becoming more of a an issue or a forefront. Um, on your opinion of being around it, why do you think third-party risk is so prominent and why it's quite an exciting thing to get involved in? Uh, I think a lot of people are working with a lot of third parties at the moment and more and more risk around those third parties is, is prevalent and people are getting breached and there's high-profile breaches out there in the in the news, like in the, in the normal news, like the mainstream news, not cyber news. So you look at things like uh, British Airways, uh, Boots, BBC, those type of breaches that came via a third party really are driving this market. And I looked at the Panarays technology, I just thought it looked streets ahead of some of the other mm. competitors out there and I, I like the company i like the ethos i like the culture and yeah i just thought it was a my next step into something exciting something that was gonna go places really if someone's listening to the podcast to educate the, themselves on third party risk mm -hmm. in cyber security how do we define that okay so third party risk in cyber security is something a little bit different so we're looking at the third party rather than our own cyber security so right. cyber security really is us protecting ourselves against somebody coming in and hacking and breaching us yeah what third party risk is is looking at the people you're going to work with and whether they have the security processes in place so that they don't get breached and then you get breached so it's a little bit different than most of the technologies out there mm -hmm. and different from anything i've worked in it sort of fits in a different space to cybersecurity. It fits somewhere called GRC, which is Governance, Risk and Compliance, which is a real growing market. It's probably the strongest growing market at the moment in the cyber world. Um, and it isn't normal cyber, if that, if that makes sense. It's something a little bit different. And uh, I wanted to try something different, get into a different space and bring that GRC space back into the cyber world that I know so well. And the breaches that you've mentioned, and I know we've discussed it earlier, like mm. Move It, uh, BBC, they are all implemented and were all breached because of a third party. Correct, yes. They all came via a third party. So the third party was breached. They were sharing data with that third party and they got breached because of that. And how is third party in the threat landscape evolving and why is it becoming... I guess more unmanageable or more yeah like how are they punching more holes into the into well the I guess the digital world is trans, you know transforming at the moment yeah. so more and more people are dealing with more and more third-party vendors mm -hmm. and you know it's very difficult to manage that amount of third third-party vendors in an effective way and the more third-party vendors you have the more your attack surface is right because you've got more people that you have to worry about. So, yeah, it's it's really scale of the people that amount the amount of people you're working with in from in a digital world today and it's very difficult to manage that number of vendors in the old school ways which was on a spreadsheet send them a standard questionnaire and hope that their security practices are up to scratch. You really need to get down a bit deeper, go into exactly what they're doing from a security practice, make sure that what they tell you is correct, 
um so one of the things that panarace does is it does work on a questionnaire basis but it compares the answers from that questionnaire with a cyber posture scan that it does uh, as well so it's comparing the answers so someone tells you yes we've got a CISO and then your cyber scan says mm, I don't think I have got a CISO you can compare and contrast and go back and say can you check this answer and just make sure you know it's correct it may be that they're about to hire someone they've got a vc so or something like that but we're checking we're double checking everything we do and that's quite unique to panarays that we do a compare and contrast of our cyber surface scan and our um questionnaire smart questionnaire so we're obviously becoming a more in- interconnected ecosystem we're talking more we're working more together yeah Oh, we've been chatting today and sometimes it's not just the process is part of that, but it's also, like you said, because there's more and more, it's fair to say that you don't necessarily even know everyone that we're working with. Like I I probably don't know everyone that finance talks to. They probably don't know all the suppliers I work with. Um, so it's the visibility piece of that. And then also what resonated with me, what you were saying is that you can onboard someone on, they can fill that questionnaire in. Mm-hmm. We know how quickly things can change. The person that filled that questionnaire might not even be working there six months later. That business may have changed. So although there's a governance and control piece of this, there's also a, a visibility, would you say? Fair yeah, absolutely. I mean, big part of working with our customers is a lot of them don't understand how many vendors they've got. And uh, you said to me earlier, what was the kind of average? It's about over just over 500, 500 vendors. The average average customer has around just over 500 vendors, which is a lot. Mm. And a lot of them don't know the vendors they've got. A lot of them don't categorize them. So they don't know which ones are their critical ones, what type of data they're sharing with each other. There's, you know, there's a real mix out there of customers that are trying to understand and work out which third parties they're working with and how to how to manage those critical ones. Um, and then the other thing you said about visibility is, you know, a lot of people do this assessment of third parties, which is just a standard questionnaire, come back, get approved, put it in a folder, forget about it for a year, never look at it again until until it comes up for a, for a, a renewal. With Panarays, what we do is once they're approved in our platform, we'll then do a continual monitoring of that third party to make sure if anything's changed. And like you said, things change all the time. Things We could approve someone tomorrow and then they get a credential breach the next day and we would never know about it for a year. Mm. So what Panarays would do was flag that up as a risk and say, you approved this vendor yesterday, they've had a breach, they've had a credential leak, they've had some sort of OS that's not been patched. You need to go back to this third party and and, uh, understand how they're going to mitigate that problem. And it's the continuous monitoring piece here, isn't it? It's Mm. becoming more proactive than reactive. Exactly that. Exactly that. So the continuous monitoring we do is a scan on their uh, publicly facing information every three days. Um, And we also do a scan on all of the third party vendors we have within our platform, which is about 500,000. And we're looking for all sorts of vulnerabilities, breaches, various different cyber risks Mm -hmm. within those 500,000 vendors. And then if they're relative to you as a customer, we'll flag it up and say, a, maybe you've got this problem, yep. or B, you you haven't got this problem, but eight of your direct vendors have. You can click a button, send them a questionnaire and say, we've seen this vulnerability. 
we're going to send you a questionnaire. Please tell us how you're going to mitigate against that vulnerability because we think it's serious mm-hmm. and it could cause a breach. And I show it also allows customers to be proactive in the fact that you're feeding them that intelligence. Mm-hmm. They're able to make decisions on what they decide to do with that vendor, whether they need to go into crisis, whether they need to practice the process themselves, yeah. see where their attack surface, where their holes are. I guess it, that really feeds into the proactiveness of the customer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so if you've got a third party that's continually showing a vulnerability or being breached or some sort of cyber risk, then you as a CIO or CISO or someone within that organization mm. needs to probably flag it up to the, the senior management who are working with that vendor and say, this is a serious risk. Do we want to work with this vendor? You know, the 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 chance of us being breached is much greater if we continue working with this vendor. So you're going to give people in senior leadership roles all of the vis- visibility they need to make a decision. Yeah. And if they've got three or four vendors in that space that they're working with and two of them are showing s- serious um, security risks, then you're probably going to choose the third one that actually is mm. much more secure. And I guess it's forcing the hand to make people or the industry or who we work with all to make a decision and a conscious decision on cybersecurity. Because I think a lot of people that I've interviewed on here is that cybersecurity fits with the IT team and it's an IT problem mm, and, mm. and that sort of things. But if we're forcing the hand of, well, we're not even going to do business with you, that then brings in the C-suite and it makes people care yeah. because you're cutting off profit. Well, that and there's lots of regulations out there these days, right? Right. So there's DORA, there's all these NIST, there's all sorts of regulations out there that demand that you actually do have a third-party risk management program. Okay. And if you don't, then you can get fined or you can lose your compliance or you can lose uh, lose your regulatory status. Okay. So DORA is the big one coming up in the near future. It's a big European um, regulation, but it's going to affect a lot of UK people that are dealing with European organisations. Because they'll have to be compliant to their DORA. They'll have to be compliant. Now, part of DORA is that you have a a third-party risk management programme and that it's auditable. Okay. Now, so if you have a a spreadsheet or um, you're trying to manage it with emails, it's almost impossible to audit that and send an auditable trail to that regulation. Mm. So if they come and do an actual audit on you and say, right, we want to understand how you're onboarding your third parties, and you say, well, I've got a spreadsheet over here, and we send them just a questionnaire, it's not going to it's not going to cut the mustard with the so door people. They won't be happy with that. No. So more and more people are going to be running uh, are going to be working with tools like Panarays to try and get through that process of Dora mm-hmm. um, and some of the other regulations. Okay. So we've got just good bi- business hygiene and doing the right thing and then we've also got com- like legislation that's yeah. forcing our hands and compliance to make sure that we're all we're all doing the right thing. So yeah. I guess on the next piece is that if it's coming and the wave's about to come and we need to be more mindful of it, um, I guess there's some key components of how we manage third risk management and I guess identifying what we need to be doing. I mean, from what I've looked in research, they're, they're suggesting that you need to be able to assess, you're meant to be able to monitor and you're meant to mitigate. Yeah. So with those being the three ways with third risk, how would you, if, for example, there's someone listening today, they can see the Dora framework, you know, wave is coming to them. Mm-hmm. They are currently in spreadsheet spreadsheet world. Mm, that was that was nearly that a was good, a nearly bad word. That was nearly a really good Freudian <laughs> really, slip. Yeah, really, they're about to be in, yeah, <laughs> spreadsheet world. Um, 
if you were there with them right now or we are trying to give some advice through the podcast, how, how would you start tackling this? Because we're not saying that Panarades is removing anyone's job. If anything, no. we're saying it's helping them do more, faster and quicker. So how would you say Panarades would support them on assessing the situation, monitoring it and then mitigating risk? So the average uh, third-party vendor onboarding process is about nine weeks for most vendor, uh, wow. for most customers. And if Panera- you've got 500. Yeah, exactly. It's almost, you're almost painting the fourth bridge, if you know what that yeah. means. Um, so, yeah. So, with Panarays, it goes down to about nine days. Okay. So, assessing those vendors is, is accelerated. Mm-hmm. Um, monitoring uh, it, Panarays, one of Panarays's key factors is the fact that we do the continuous monitoring. Okay. Um, and what was the third one? Sorry. <laughs> <coughs> Mitigating. Mitigating. <laughs> so, mitigate? yeah, absolutely. So, we've come up with a, what we call a remediation plan okay. for each of the vendors. So, we'll do our cyber scan that comes up with a results of where, they, where they're deficient in their security practice and the questionnaire. Once all those results have been taken in, like I say, compared and contrast, then we'll come up with what we call a remediation plan, mm-hmm. which basically is if you fix these things, we will then approve you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's mitigation, if you mm-hmm. like. Uh, and then we're continuously monitoring that they're actually, those things that they fixed have continued to be fixed and that their security posture is what it should be moving forward. We also talked about earlier as well that helps anyone that's doing this role or will be taking on this this project is that it also tiers. So although we're saying there's 500 vendors yeah. that you work with, obviously not all of your third party um, have the same impact on your business. So Panerai's tiers, is that, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we can categorise vendors, we can make, give them certain um, criticalities, if, mm-hmm. you, if you like. So we do that on what we call business impact. So the business impact is basically how important that vendor is to you and the importance of the data that you're sharing with them. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned earlier, I think um, if you've got like a pencil vendor or a coffee vendor or a cleaning vendor, they, you still want to do a risk assessment on them, especially if you're a cleaner, because you may have people uh, coming into the office and um, wandering around the office. You yeah. want to know that they've had a background check. But if you're sharing uh, data, PII, intellectual property, then that's a real critical vendor that you should have absolute uh, monitoring and um, uh, and make sure that they're, they're very much at the top of the tree when you're doing a risk assessment. Okay. And then... It- we also talked about that there's seems to be not just third party mm-hmm. that, that the chain goes on and there's even fourth party. Yeah, absolutely. So the vent your third parties will have a raft of vendors that they're dealing with. We call them fourth party vendors and beyond. So right. the nth degree parties, and you want to understand that your third parties are have do have the same process of you mm. with their third parties your fourth port your fourth yeah. parties uh, and panarays um, the risk insights tool within panarays can actually give you a view of who your third parties are and who your fourth parties are okay. so who your third parties are working with okay and if we do find a vulnerability we do find some sort of uh, problem security breach we can tell you which one of those fourth parties has actually been part of that and if I was if someone that's listening to the podcast and potentially were thinking, right, I would need to take this tool on to support me, is it that they'd need to log on to the platform every single day? Do they get sent notifications? What's kind of the management? 
of yeah, that. So there's a couple of ways of man- managing it. No, you certainly wouldn't log on to the platform every day. It would be a process of as you're bringing on vendors and, and monitoring them mm-hmm. uh, and, and measuring them, then you would go onto that platform. But the risk insights would give you a notification if yeah. something happens. Right. So it's an automated process. It's almost taking some of the burden off that mm-hmm. risk assessor and you can sort of leave the program, uh, the, the tool, the platform running and it will give you an automated uh, notice if something happens within that third party vendor. So it's a big peace of mind piece of yeah, there. Yeah, exactly that. And we also discuss it because I know, I believe that we're looking to take this on um, internally because yeah. we we do all our ISO accreditations, etc. Um, and we were talking about this there's a big chunk of time which takes up from the tech team of having for us to be compliant and the forms that we have to fill in Um, and I know AI is a big buzzword but there is AI in Panerais but how does that support for example a call to cloud or a customer for them making sure that they're compliant yeah so a big a big part of the tool that doesn't get mentioned as much as it should probably is that it will help you so you as a customer will be getting lots of uh, questionnaires mm-hmm. and requests from third parties to prove your security posture. Yeah. Um, what we do within Panarays is you give you a security passport, which you can give to your third parties and say, we are certified to this level, here's our pen test, all of that, and it's all in one place within the Panarays tool. And also we have an AI piece around uh, answering questionnaires that come in from third parties. So if, if a questionnaire comes in and there's some standard questions on there and we've answered them previously with a, a questionnaire we've, we've uh, responded to, the AI, our AI tool will look at that and go, yep, we've answered that before. Well, I'm just going to fill it out myself, mm-hmm. uh, itself. So the tool will actually fill out a lot of the questionnaire for you. And then if there's any gaps, it'll ask you to fill it out. So it takes away pretty much that whole process of you responding to third parties. Okay, so you're all mitigating, the platform can mitigate risk for you as yourself as being a third party person yep. and it's also mitigating the risk of who you connect with in your whole ecosystem. Yeah. And I think the main themes of, that are coming out of the platform is that it's doing the identification, it's monitoring, it's mitigating, but it's not putting more work on to these already kind of under-resourced teams and um and, and i was saying this to you earlier like it's supporting with time and skills resources isn't it here it's yeah. solving kind of two problems on this piece yeah absolutely so a i think it does take away a lot of the burden that is on a risk assessor by automating a lot of that process mm-hmm. um the, the second thing we do is um we can offer it as a managed service via some of our partners okay um and that really does take away the burden from the grc practice or people that are trying to do a risk assessment on third-party vendors by them giving us a list of suppliers or giving the partner a list of suppliers, they provide the service via Panerais and then just provide a report and say, we've done this onboarding of all your third-party vendors. Here's a report on mm. the results. Mm-hmm. So you really can take away massive burden away from the the the, the GRC um, function within the organisation. We touched on the fact that there are regulations coming through. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's GDPR. Is it? How do I present? Is it HIPAA? HIPAA is the American H- one. HIPAA's uh, the health health one in in the US. Okay, and then obviously Dora is coming over. We think it will probably really impact the UK very yeah. soon. Um, what do you think are the consequences 
And if people are non-compliant, what are we seeing will happen to businesses? So I think a lot of the uh, customers and and people that you'll want to work with in the uh, in EMEA uh, will want people to be door compliant. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't think it'll be a case of we'd like you to be door compliant. I think it will be you need to be door compliant. Right. And part of that door compliance is around the, having a third party risk management program. Um, with things like HIPAA, it's it's the US one. I'm not so, quite so okay with that. But uh, if if you're a health te- healthcare practitioner, you have to have a HIPAA um, okay. uh, regulation to be able to practice. So um, things here, GDPR, NIST, those type of regulations are are demanding that you have a third party risk management program in place. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to go out to the market and profess to be GDPR compliant, ISO compliant, uh, DORA compliant, HIPAA compliant, all of those things, then you have to have one, something like this in place. We've touched on the fact that um, Panarays uses automation, mm-hmm. a bit of artificial intelligence in there. Yeah. Um, I know for some people when you hear that, it rings alarm bells of maybe redundancies or job cuts or, or and I know some people th- you know feel that maybe that's coming but to emphasize on this this isn't a tool that's replacing a job mm-hmm. is it it's speeding up and it's supporting and probably plugging where they may not have enough people in working in that department Would yeah that I fair? think I think that's absolutely spot on it's totally not designed to take people away from jobs it's to and we use this phrase a lot within Palera is to accelerate and automate yeah. processes that you're already using yeah um and actually make it a lot more accurate so make it a lot more secure so if you're at the moment just trying to manage this with a spreadsheet or some sort of email process it's things are going to slip through the cra- cracks mm. and it's just not a a very secure way of managing that process and i'm assuming also what's good about this is it's it's 24 7 isn't it yeah absolutely Uh, whereas obviously if you've got one person in the role they might take a holiday or take christmas and i think we all know that generally i think something's going to go wrong it's not going to happen on a monday morning at 10 a.m it's always going to happen when the downtime is so i'm i'm guessing this is allowing someone the peace of mind that they can put tools down and they can come back to it and there's that system that's got their back is that yeah i think yeah i think that's right Uh, that's absolutely right i mean certainly the risk insights part of the tool is monitoring um and um looking at the risks within those third party vendors all the time you know 24 7 like you say um so yeah i think absolutely what would you say for anyone listening if they're starting kind of the steps to this what would you think are kind of like the key things to have a comprehensive third risk management program third party risk management. third party sorry i'll say that again <laughs> okay if anyone's listening to this and they're looking to establish a comprehensive third party risk management program what would you kind of say are some kind of key things that they need to consider so i think the first steps they need to do is work out which one of their vendors are the critical vendors and panarays can help them with that so it's absolutely key that they decide which one of those vendors they want to do an assessment, a third-party risk assessment on, and use a tool like Panarays. So very much the Panarays tool isn't 
give us all of your vendors if you've got a thousand vendors it's let's look at your first hundred to start with make sure that they are being onboarded properly make sure they're being assessed properly before you actually start working with them and understand what that process looks like the panarase tool is very much a land and expand tool mm. so we go in we do that first piece with them and then as they get more and more um au fait with the tool then they can bring on more vendors into the platform so it really is it is a sort of understand which one of your critical vendors you have and panarase can help with that and then expand your vendors into the platform so that you've eventually got all of them in there all of them being assessed properly and all of them being monitored and uh, properly a part of this piece as well, do you think there's importance of collaboration between cybersecurity, legal and procurement teams? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and with the collaboration of that, how do you think these teams can be working better together? So this is difficult, right? Because Panarays only really does cyber security. Yeah. And a lot of our customers come to us, in fact, Delinian did, and said, uh, we want to understand our financial risk and we want to understand our uh, various different risks. Yeah, of course. And the only way Panarase can do that is by adding that into the questionnaires. Mm -hmm. It's not at all really built for those type of things. Do so, you think the future will be? No, I don't think it will. I think I think because we integrate with other tools like Archer and ServiceNow and Logicate, yep. those type of tools do that function. Okay. And we are really focused on the cybersecurity side of things. Um, so we are we would be a, a feed into those big JRC tools right. that will do the legal function, the finance function, all of those different types of tools. So you remain the specialist of the cybersecurity. Exactly. But for that. a holistic eco view as a business, yeah. you would recommend as Panarays to be able to plug into yeah. bigger yeah. bigger GRC picture. Yeah, and that's why we've built APIs and various different um, um, integrations with those bigger GRC tools that can work with the legal finance um, and um, I forget what it's, it's like the eco function mm -hmm. as well. So, yeah, so we, we definitely have very strong integrations with uh, all of those GRC tools and APIs and we are a very valuable... Um, Peter? Yeah, not feeder. We're a very valuable um, uh, source of information mm. for them to take from our tool mm -hmm. and then put it within the bigger GRC picture. And if someone's trying to foster or get people to care more about third party risk, yeah. what do you think are like the key things or the key messages if you're going to your board or you're trying to get buy-in from the teams or areas that they should highlight? I guess. Yeah, I think so. It's I think it's very well known at the moment that most of the breaches that are happening and the high profile breaches that are happening at the moment are coming from from third parties. Mm. So unless you have a very strong third party management program, you are at some point going to get breached. Well, that's a positive to end on. So if you don't have a third party risk management plan right now, you need one and you need one sharpish. Yep. Otherwise, you'll end up like British Airways and BBC. Which are they going to be fined? I don't know if they'll be fined. Um, quite possibly, but if oh, under okay. GDPR rules, they could easily get fined. Thank you, Matt. So we conclude the podcast by asking if someone was listening and may not already work in cybersecurity, mm -hmm. why would you, as a professional within the cybersecurity, encourage someone to join us on this? 
Well, uh, I, it's a very, it's obviously a growing industry. Mm. It's one of the most, uh, what's the right phrase? It's a, it's a very fulfilling industry to work in. Mm. Um, there's lots of great people in it. You make lots of money. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, of course you are. <laughs> Lots of people have said that. Someone's even mentioned their commission, so it's fine. Yeah, like it's not no point hiding behind it. No, it's good fun. Uh, everybody in the industry works hard, plays hard. Um, th- there's great competition within the industry. There's great personalities, and it's a, it's an industry that really is going from strength to strength. I've been in it for 25 years. It doesn't seem to be slowing down at any time mm-hmm. soon, and actually, it's probably getting it's getting bigger More and bigger. Crazy. So, yeah, it's great for job prospects. Great, great for uh, uh, your career, and yeah, I couldn't recommend it enough. If someone wants to learn more about Panarays or mm-hmm. to connect with you, where would they go? Uh, Panarays.com, obvious one. Obvious one. Uh, or connect with me on LinkedIn, and I'm, I'm more than happy to get on a call and, and discuss with them. Perfect. Thank you very much for joining us on the call. We hope you'll come and see us soon. Absolutely. Wow, that was a fun episode. And who knew that Matt was a ex-pro footballer you learn everything new on this so it's evident that the third party risk management is not just a check box on a compliance list but a strategic imperative thing for the organizations to look to do when they're trying to fortify their cybersecurity defenses so we really hope you enjoyed this episode i think it's just the beginning i know there's lots more information coming out our side on this um depending on when you're listening to this podcast there is also a specific webinar on dora framework um, and that will be available on demand from our website but if you need any more support from us and our team do let us know um in this whole crazy world and the digital age, security is a shared responsibility. And I really feel like that resonated through the podcast today. Yes, it's third party risk, but we all have a part to play on this. And that actually plugging into platforms like Panarays allows us to have this kind of ecosystem of seeing what's going on. I'm delighted that Matt also wants to encourage people into cybersecurity. And I do hope if you're a listener and you're not already on this journey with us that you are looking to join. If you are in cybersecurity, I do hope that third party is on your radar um, because we all know ransomware and the impacts of phishing. But I do think third party could be right up there on what's going to have an impact on our businesses going forward. As always, if you liked the podcast, please write comments, reshare, follow us. If you'd like to be a guest, do get into contact. And if you have any ideas of people we should be interviewing or more information that we should be sharing, do let us know. Once again, thank you for joining me on The Core Podcast.